You're locked on to DJ and PK. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio show for over a decade. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This, this is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream, starting as low as $37 per ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. All right, here's the question. What's wrong with the jazz? Implied in the question is, uh, once you identify the problem, can you fix the force too? Jazz lose to the Thunder. They were down 20 in the third quarter. It was a horrible third quarter. It wasn't a very good first half, but the second half was worse than that. And they've now lost six of their last eight games. They're barely over 500. Headed off to Minnesota tomorrow night to play the Timberwolves, and the road has not been kind to the Jazz. They're 4-8 on the road. So what can be done to turn all of this around? There's enough negativity into the college football season. We don't need negativity in the Jazz season here as well. Oh, no. Oh, no! <laughs> we don't need negativity. No, we need some positivity. And you know what brings that? We Winning. Need, we need reality, whatever reality Winning. is. You can't overlook something, and they're never going to fix it if you overlook it. That's a true story. So you have to face it and attack it head on and figure out ways to improve upon it. How can this team get out of it, man? Because they're not only just getting beat, they're getting really hammered. And the weather, I don't know that the road isn't kind to them. I think they're not kind to themselves. They're not good enough right now. Ray says they need more talent, exclamation point. They lack length and athletes, exclamation point. And the bench gives them nothing, exclamation point. Okay, but acquiring more talent is not something that can just be done by snapping the fingers. So you've got this group that I believe is underachieving right now. So they need to find ways to get better themselves because it's not like you can go wave some wand and all of a sudden the bench is going to be better. How can it improve? What can the coaching staff do to help and what can the players do to help themselves? Because ultimately that's what it boils down to. And management is over here. And if management can figure out ways to acquire some more talent, great. And I'm sure they'll do that if they can. But that's not something that you can just... Say, okay, we're going to do and have it happen. It doesn't work that way. I mean, they, they, they talked about the leadership, talked about Conley taking, it was like a three-year deal, the process of getting him, right? So expecting something to come in here real soon, great if they can do it, but I ne- wouldn't necessarily count on it. So you have to look from within, and this team was praised for the off-season acquisitions, and now they're, what, 13 and – 11 or something like that so you know obviously the 25th game is coming up and it's somewhat of a uh, point of milestone relative to the rest of the season Uh, still plenty of games to go but you can't at home I mean they've had some bad bad losses being down 40 to Toronto at halftime was just awful yes it was but I think being down 20 in the second half at home 
to the Lakers when they're playing back-to-back is entirely different when you have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oklahoma City, I thought, has some nice players, and so it's not like they're trash. They may not, they're not going to win anything, but they're not completely and totally a non-competitive team here. At the same time, you're down by 20, and they're missing one of their starters in Gallinari, and you're down by 20 at home in the second half. That's just completely and totally inexcusable. And they're back-to-back, no less? That's awful. It was all set up for you, and it was yeah. all them. Yeah, you can lose to the Lakers, and they're 20-1, and one, whatever the heck they are, but the, the Thunder are not in that category. This is, this is, in my mind, this is the worst loss of the season. Losing, uh, yeah, I think I can sign off on that. Losing to the uh, Lakers and losing to Philly on the second night of a back-to-back, those are losses you suffer and you can still end up at 55 wins. But how do you underachieve and get stuck on 40 or 45 or wherever? Well, losses like last night. Was, yeah, I don't think you can up. complain on the back-to-back because the Lakers were back-to-back and you didn't take advantage and the Thunder were back-to-back and, and didn't you didn't take, take advantage. advantage. So I'm not going to... Excuse them losing to Philadelphia because it was back to back. But this loss is worse than those losses. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna win 55, you're still gonna lose 27, and those are the kind of games and teams you're gonna lose to. To lose to Oklahoma City, that goes in a different category. Yeah, I'm not worried about April. I'm worried about Wednesday. So they're not falling behind or getting advantage of any pace. You are who you are, and so worrying about some pace is ridiculous right now. And they, they need to find a way to win ballgames, to be competitive. Try being competitive against the Oklahoma City Thunder at home. I mean, if they're fortunate here because if it would have been anywhere to where there was a uh, more than just one big league team in this town, that crowd would have been booing like crazy. And they deserved look, it. Well, look, look at the Patriots getting booed at halftime with a 21-game win streak. So... They got four teams, and we're very. Yeah. Our media is very soft on these guys, me included, and they deserved. If you're, I'm not a guy who would boo or cheer either way. I just sit there and watch the games. But if that's what you want, they they certainly would have been within their right to deserve uh, to to boo to to go in that direction. You know, certainly don't throw anything or say anything vulgar or what have you. But this performance was boo worthy. As far as what Ray says about they lack length and athletes, you know, there's a concerted move in the offseason to improve the skill portion, shooting, and give up some athleticism when they do it. You'd like the long, skilled athlete, well, and then you start getting top five, top ten player in the game. So they gave up some athleticism to get some skill. skill that they gave up outside of favors? No, they didn't give up long and skilled. They gave up more athletic what? to get more skilled. Who? Outside of favors, what? Well, as a as a defender, Rubio's just bigger than who? The Conley, who didn't play last night, obviously has missed a couple games now. Crowder was a physical presence, but a skilled three point shooter. He's a volume three point shooter, but consistently low to mid thirties. I mean, if that guy shot thirty three, thirty four percent from three, you need some more skill than that. Yeah, he had some toughness. I'll give you that. And Ray's other point, the bench gives them nothing. That continues to be a problem. The bench comes in and they go on a run. That run at the end of the third quarter, there are three or four bench guys on the floor in there. Three, I guess. So what bench guys should they have kept? We keep hearing they should have kept Favors and Crowder and Rubio. Is Crowder your guy? Because he was the only one coming off the bench. He's better than what they're getting off the bench now. Is he? Yeah. I don't think the bench gave up runs like this. I mean, they consistently. So Jay Crowder would have been the difference. 
I find that hard to believe. The plus minuses for all the guys on the bench last night was basically for however many minutes they played, it was minus a point so a minute. Jay Crowder there. would have been the difference. The bench last year was better. This didn't happen. And it's Jay Crowder then. Well, I, I mean, know, you can he avoid the question. For, he can't play Jay, for three guys. Jay, but Jay yes, Crowder's the difference they got, maker. They got more out of him than they're currently getting out of. I mean, guys don't necessarily play the same position, but Davis, Green, Moutier, those are the guys who are getting most of the bench minutes. So they were wrong in not keeping Jay Crowder. Well, if you just take a like over the last two weeks or over the first 24 games, I mean, will they be wrong when the whole season plays out or will it get better? Justin says, sure could use a point guard. <laughs> Justin seems to be enjoying this. Well, right now, Rubio is playing better than Crowder. And better than I, Conley. I mean, not Crowder. Con- not Crowder. Conley. I know what you meant. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think if you go head-to-head, Rubio is playing better than Conley. So will that last? Because you were talking about this, we didn't really get into it yesterday on the show, but you, you mentioned it on TV that you'd heard that around the league, Conley's heard that mm-hmm. he slipped. This yeah. is this is the beginning of the end. This yeah. is how players trend in their thirties. Yeah. He's had a good run, but you know, this is this is the end of the run and it's uh and, and nobody wants to hear that. And Rubio's younger. Whether it's true or not, nobody wants to hear that. So is that gonna motivate him slash focus him to Somehow improve and play back. Uh, I heard it was already in the summer that he was well aware of those conversations and that he was fired up to make sure that he lived worthy to because he understood that he was brought in to be a high-level player, being paid a high-level salary. And right now, if you go through the league, he's one of the great underachievers. We have uh, people arguing on the Twitter feed right now. You can uh, comment at David DJ James or on Facebook at DJ and PK. Uh, Jazz Jingle, I'd easily argue it's Snyder's system. Why? And DJ Jab says, well, it's pretty obvious it's not Snyder's system. <laughs> and away they go. Well, what do we mean by Snyder's system? He does, what, not, what what do you- he does not explain, but I assume he means the offense. I don't, I don't know. I mean, so it, Snyder's it, system is the problem? Is that what we're talking about? That's what Jazz Jingle is saying, yes. And then the other listener comes right back at him with, it's pretty obvious that's not the problem. I think it's the players. Yes. At the, at the offensive end of the court, it doesn't seem like they really trust the system. It seems like there's too much dribbling and too much one-on-one. They are at their best when the ball moves. They had sequences of the early in the game and again uh, right in the start of the half where there were three or four good passes, the ball moved, and Bogdanovich got an open three and made it. It's like that's what the offense should look like. But the, the dribbling, the hesitation to get into the pick and roll, the driving into traffic, a little indecision, it just the ball is sticking, basketball lingo. Well, it's mounting. The problems are mounting. The pressure is mounting. <clears throat> and then guys try to do too much. Because Mitchell referenced the high standards and expectations that were put upon this ball club going into the season. And so whether you want to acknowledge it or not, it doesn't matter because it's there either way, and they know it's there, and so now they're trying to meet it, and they know full well that they've been unable to meet it. So they're trying to figure out ways to meet it, and that increases the pressure because you are seeing teams pull away from them. And right now, it looks almost impossible for them to get a top three seed. I mean, they're looking at, at best, another four and five. 
That is what it looks like. Yeah, and that could change. But certainly when the, based on the evidence that we've seen, and not just the evidence with them, but the evidence of the competition, looks like it's extremely difficult to certainly get a one or two seed. That seems to almost well, be Well, if the real. Lakers if the Lakers and Clippers stay injuries. healthy, right, and if they have injuries, but if they stay healthy, there's two of the top three But you're seeds. going to have injuries, too. And you're already you're having one right now. Right. With, with Conley my, missing games. Yes. Right. So the injuries to me, they don't all equal out because some are worse than others. If LeBron goes out for 25 games, that's a significant thing. But I, usually your injuries correspond or somewhat equivalent of their injuries. So that's a little bit of a flusher. Uh, so can't really say their injuries because you're going to have injuries. You know if any of their guys, if their bench sucks as bad as you say, then that means, my gosh, if any of the starters go out, then they're in a world of hurt. I agree with that. And then, then I mean, they have one starter out now. Exactly. Yeah. So there, there are six guys. But he's not playing well, so he's the one I'd rather have out. Yeah, of the six. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Gobert, my gosh, you would just be devastated. In that situation, which you know, it's the same if LeBron went out. And they were devastated. So they're right. There's corresponding players that mean the level of importance to each respective team. And if those guys go out for any length of time, you know, three or four or five games, you can withstand it. But once you start getting over 20, it gets to be nasty. So I, I really can't factor in injury. But it seems that the top two seeds are already out of the question. We haven't even gotten to Christmas yet. And maybe you can sneak into a three, but it seems more likely that you're playing for four or five, so you're right in the same boat that you've been in the last three years. we got a lot of people who think the bench is a problem. Uh, Mitch says they brought Kreuter and Crowder and Royce off the bench last year, and Favors played center with that second unit. That's way more production than they're getting from these guys now. There's no question on that. And Ray adds in Corver coming off the bench, too. I, I got that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can name the names as well as anybody. Uh, O'Neal was a non-factor offensively last night, so what's the difference? So does he need, need to go back to the bench? Is, is that the panacea, go to the bench, and all of a sudden he's going to be producing a lot better? He shoots the three pretty well. I think people keep shoot, waiting for him to shoot it more. Yeah. Uh, but... Would he shoot it more if he were on the floor with he, different people, or would he not be open if he were on the floor player. with different people? Yeah. He's never going to be anything more than a role player. But you need role players who are paid, well, depending on how long they've been in the league, one, two, whatever, three million bucks, because you can't pay everybody. He's fine, but I don't know that he's a big difference maker. But you need several guys who are fine to round out the roster. I mean, the big difference makers, they're paying Conley to be a so difference maker. So then they maker. made a mistake. They're paying Conley to be a difference maker. They're paying Gobert to be a difference maker. Mitchell's still in his rookie contract, but he's expected to be a difference maker. So did they make a mistake in these acquisitions then? Because Well, the Conley deal hasn't paid off yet. I mean, that's clear. But it's not just simply the Conley deal. It's that you had to you weakened your bench. You had apparently. to weaken the bench to pay Conley and Bogdanovich. So is that a mistake? Uh, right now, yeah. But we're 24 games in. What's going to change? The only Just because you're 24 and then you get to 34 and 44 and 54, doesn't does that guarantee ch- anything's going to change? change. Doesn't guarantee anything's going to change. It's, uh, you know, will, 
Will they will they move the ball better on offense? It's fits and starts now. It's like one possession, think, oh, they're getting it. And then you watch the next few possessions, they're, well, they're clearly not getting it. Well, if that's the issue, then that can change. Right. It can't. So then it's. And, it, and that may be a case well. of, well, you brought in 10 guys and the offense isn't clicking and the whole trust, you know, it's the NBA. So if you're a half a step slow, that's the difference between getting a good shot and turning the ball over because somebody's in the passing lane. So. Life in the passing lane. Sing it. <laughs> Rob, where the hell is the blender? <laughs> well, the ball sticks. It doesn't move. More dribbling, less passing. Who's the blender? Oh, that was a term that I think Quinn uses in practice that the broadcasters picked up on. Bowler likes it. What and that it? the blender is where you get them into a scramble situation. You keep moving the ball to the open guy, and they are in the blender. They're just spinning around, but they're not actually defending anybody. You can get an open shot. The blender. He uses that term, huh? That's the term, yes. That's completely evaded me. I've not heard that term. Really? Yeah, Bowler said it plenty of times. I and I, and I think he picked it up because those guys. Through those guys. Well, and that's why you guys. didn't. That's why you didn't. I watched pick the up. game. Yeah. I mean, nothing against those guys. I mean, it's just who I am. I never got caught up, and they all do fine jobs, but I never got caught up in announcing. I'm watching the game. My wife, I can't tell you how many times she'll say, she'll comment, "Oh, what do you think of that?" And I'll say, "What?" As I zoning in that it's to me it's, it's background noise and now especially when they have the score and the time there you used to need them to say the score right way back when <laughs> back in the day yeah. grandpa <laughs> but they That's, have the but there's been there. 20 years of that yeah. 25 years of that now so it started when fox got the nfl rights they put it up there and it was such a big deal right i All got score i got time i got shot clock or game or uh, right well the clock. other thing the other thing and you watch so Good much for me you watch so much sports because you're paid to watch so much sports but you largely know the guys i'm sure there's some subs and role guys who come in and out and you don't know them but you largely know who guys are i think most fans need more player and that's fine. id yeah, than that great. great but i honestly did not know that blender was a phrase. I take comfort, though, in if that's the issue. Because if that's the issue, I absolutely believe that that can be improved upon and will be improved upon. Well, I think there's multiple issues, but I think that's a big well, one. Well, if that's, that's a, a I one. got you multiple issues, not yeah. the issue. But if it's a significant issue, then I f- take comfort in familiarity, teaching, film sessions, all those things. Right. Coaching staff, which I believe this coaching staff is fine. I believe that they'll get that. You got to get it to the point where it becomes natural and you don't overthink it then because that can stall you too. So you get to that point. I believe they'll get to that point. I think that having Conley out stunts that process because he's new. You know, if it were somebody else who wasn't new and Rubio, when he went out, he seemed to have hammy injuries or what have you and he'd miss a few games here and there. But since he was familiar with the guys, and he wasn't looking to score mostly any. The only times when he shot, it's usually when he was totally wide open. So it seemed like his acclimation process, returning from an injury, was much quicker because he knew exactly what he needed to do, being the true fat pass first. Well, those guys are somewhat of dinosaurs, the true pass first now. Well, Conley being out, it stunts whatever progress they could be making because now he has to get it and he has to be out on the floor. Now, maybe he can learn it relative to his teammates by sitting there and watching and I'm sure obviously he can participate in film sessions and all that stuff so if that's really a critical component that's missing I believe that will get fixed I feel confident in that issue 
DJ and PK. I just don't know if that's the singular issue. Well, we can get to the list of issues next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz dropped to 13-11 on the year. They lose to the Oklahoma City Thunder 104-90. Rudy Gobert had 19 points and 17 rebounds. But Dennis Schroeder, 27 off the bench for the Thunder. Chris Paul had 16. Oklahoma City leading by 20 in the third quarter. Cruises to the victory. Jazz are off today. They play Minnesota tomorrow night. Elsewhere in the NBA, Derrick Rose gave the Pistons a win over New Orleans with a shot at the buzzer, 105-103. Kings beat the Rockets on a buzzer beater as well. Paul George scored 36 points against the Pacers as Indiana fans booed the former Pacers star. NBA denies the Rockets' protest over the James Harden dunk. Not counting, the Rockets will lose that game to San Antonio. South Carolina quarterback Jake Bentley is a grad transfer. Moving to Utah for his last year of eligibility. Defensive coordinator and safeties coach Morgan Scally has agreed to terms on amendment to his contract that will secure his position long-term with the Utah football program. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Homie. Homie, buying or selling a home, Homie will give you up to $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. You guys need to get over this thing. This habit of yours when you go to the movies. I don't think it's a habit. I was taught not to put your feet on the furniture. Plain and simple. So when I go to the movie theater, when it has the <laughs> recliner uh-huh. watching a flick, uh-huh. I uh, I take my shoes off and I get comfortable. <laughs> At the movie theater. At the movie theater. Now I make sure my socks don't just smell disgusting. And uh-huh. no, I don't walk around the movie theater with my shoes off. I'm not like going out and standing in line at the concessions <laughs> or going to the restroom. <laughs> and I make sure that socks don't smell. Uh, How do you make sure of that? People. Wear new socks before you go. So you change your socks before going before to the movies. Before going to the movies because I know I'm going to take my shoes off. <laughs> and I don't want to disrupt other people. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Jazz, the Utes, and the Cougars. This is real. When it comes to covering the teams you're passionate about, nobody does it better. Yes! This is DJ and PK. Okay. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. Okay. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Hands Thursday, noon to 3, Sound Sleep Medical, 8941 South, 700 East in Sandy. All right, we got multiple stories going this morning. We've got the Utah Jazz beaten soundly and thoroughly by Oklahoma City at home. What is wrong with the Jazz? We've got people reacting on social media, Twitter, Facebook. You can call us, 855-340-ZONE. Uh, we got a couple pieces of news out of the University of Utah as well. Utah announcing a contract amendment that will keep Morgan Scally on the job for years to come. Scally, 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 Scally. So, there's two ways to read that. Man, with all that money, I'm going to have to start making him my friend. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> why haven't you started sucking up to Morgan? Want to golf? 
<laughs> so I think there's two ways to read that uh, when you hear some of it for years to come. One, somebody in the Mountain West was uh, swinging a head coaching job in front of him, and he was seriously intrigued. Oh, why wouldn't they? He's 40. He's been on the job. I mean, he basically got it right out of college. So if you're a Mountain West team and uh, Colorado State, Fresno, UNLV, New Mexico, the four jobs that are open this year, if nothing else, UNLV seems like a good fit. The others might be a little different. Doesn't mean they're a bad fit, but. Well, yeah, it's close. Obviously, he's from right. here. Fresno's maybe, uh, I mean, he recruits California, but they're really heavily dependent on California. It might be better to, I don't know. Anyway, the point is there's four jobs open. So one one thought here is that he was close to one of those jobs. He gets Plus, a raise. This Cowboys keeps him might here. be open. <laughs> this keeps him here. And then the other is a successor to Kyle Whittingham, coach in waiting, even if they don't use that phrase. And I suppose both of those things could be true at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. So your reaction to the news is... Mike says, great. I like Scally. He's a Utah guy through and through. Well, that he is. He played there. Mountain West Conference Defensive Player of the Year, the Fiesta Bowl team there through the Mac and Urban Meyer times, and then uh, coaching for Kyle for 12 years. Four of them as coordinator. So, yes, he is a Utah guy through and through. Since I've been in this community now for over 25 years, obviously I have a good feel for it, and it's one of those things that it becomes necessary to have some time to be able to acquire all the knowledge that you need to figure out ways to recruit, to make guys happy here, what's the pitch, and Scally gets that through and through. I believe here that in our state, it really, really helps if you have some background, and actually not just some, but a strong one, and you look at it and you can point to so many that have had success. Gary Anderson, when he built that program, they had gone with guys who had marginal, maybe even no no background in the state. He comes to Utah State. Obviously, he's a Utah guy through and through. Deep, deep knowledge of the state. And that parlayed into them being a much better program, right? They've had some really, really good seasons. And then you look at Jay Hill. Same situation. They bring in a local guy. And he understands the local landscape. Under everything that you need to know, Jay Hill knows. The, Jay Hill, it doesn't get a lot of run because we play the, the hits here, but Weber State has been a phenomenal story that Jay Hill is written. He's the 50, author of that story. 50 years of football, it's <laughs> never been better. Yes. And we don't spend a lot of time talking yeah. about that. But really, you can go back, you can look through Weber State Media Guide, you can go online and look at it. 50 years of football, it hasn't been better than Jay this. Hill has done a fine, as fine a job as any coach that we've had at any level, any sport. He's right there with him. Now, obviously, it's a little Jerry Sloan's job is much more high profile and all that stuff compared to Jay Hill. But you take Jay Hill for what he's accomplished, it has been absolutely incredible. And way to go. And we'll all root for them once the playoffs come and they are already here. They won. They play Friday night at home, 8 o'clock. You can get your butt out there, be there. I assume that's going to be on television because of the. I've been watching ESPN these too. games the last couple years on these Friday nights and been pulling for Weber big time. And he's a local dude. Scally, local dude. Kyle, local dude. I do think that whenever Kyle walks off into the retirement sunset to do the Maui golf, play with the grandkids, water ski thing. His wife is 60 today. 
whether that's two, four, six, whatever, however many years it is. Six? You just gave him a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the whole point of retiring is not have the heart attack. We just had Lincoln Kennedy on talking about how college sports is changing and Chris Peterson's got other things he wants to do with his life. And at some point, Kyle's going to have other things he wants to do with his life, too. I think Kyle knows exactly what he wants to do, and I think he knows when he wants to do it. Great. And we'll just so, let him dis- so to his, make that So his timeline, and that's why I throw out two, four, six. He can do whatever he wants. And no, I don't believe he's going to do six. But if he but it changes, just rolled off the tongue. Exactly. Okay, and if it. he changes his mind and that's what he decides to do, you get to change your mind. Even if that's not your plan now, if you change your mind, fine. He never Whatever. changes his mind. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> when he has a plan, he just sticks to it. All right. Well, don't get bogged down in the details here. But the point is, I do think that everything you talk about, there are recruiting recipes to win at some schools. And we are still trying to learn what those are at some schools. UNLV, I'm looking at you. Uh, but there is a way to recruit. Stanford has found a recipe that really works. Utah's got a recipe that works. So when Kyle's done, somebody from the Kyle tree who has experience in Utah, who's seen, and that's whether it's Morgan or Kalani or Gary or Jay, those are four guys who clearly know how that works. They've been right in the middle of it. I think it's really important that they don't lose that because Majerus had a recipe that worked for the University of Utah in recruiting. And now, subsequently, we've seen three different coaches who've had three different plans, and they don't want to cook with that recipe, and it hasn't gone well. And they need to recapture that. Now, in a way, and I don't know if it's been you know too long and he doesn't have enough time for it to work now, but Larry bringing Donnie back in, Donnie Daniels knows the recipe. And maybe Kristoviak, you know, and tweak some stuff, and maybe that'll pay off. It's basketball. You can hit on one or two kids and change things really quickly. Football's a little more difficult, so I think that they have got to stay dialed into knowing what works in recruiting. And Majerus had no coaching tree. I mean, that's a problem. Want, that was a problem. The dead, but right. there was no connection there uh, to where he had a legacy but that lasted. Kyle does. When we both got here, and you delved into it, and TV guys don't delve into one sport the way you dive in as a beat writer into one sport, but I remember you telling me, and it wasn't, it wasn't luck. It was a conscious decision. Majerus thought Midwestern kids, they weren't fitting. They weren't fitting in. It wasn't working. And to get kids from Pacific Coast, mostly L.A., I mean, obviously Van Horn and Miller are L.A. kids, but Doliak wasn't. The occasional foreign guy, not the steady diet of him, Jacoletti wanted to bring in boatloads of, of kids, and Majerus brought in a couple. You know, one worked, one didn't. Maybe I'm forgetting somebody else. Mahjong didn't work. Hana Metal clearly did. Mm-hmm. Did. Um, you know, so you could do that. Now, we saw a slew of Midwestern, Midwestern kids come in under Boylan. That's what he knew. It didn't work. Right. So you got to hold on to that recruiting recipe. There's a way to do it. Yeah. That's why if Scali is the next coach, I would support it. I mean, I like the guy. I've known him for years. Right. We all have. Uh, but beyond that... He fits the mold that allows the program to continue to be successful. And I think it's important that you have one of your own to carry out what the other guys have started. And clearly Kyle's built something nice here. You know, He's averaged nine wins a year now over the last six years. That's really good as far as I'm concerned. It hasn't been the ultimate, but look at these other programs who are just 
blowing in the wind, whichever direction the wind's blowing, that's where they're going, and then it's going to change. Just look at them. There's a slew of them in this conference, Well, you and know, you're you, not in that. The, the And Ute fans are all over the map on this, but the section of Ute fans that is very bitter, uh, big picture, and everyone's bitter about the one particular game, obviously, with Oregon. Sure. But big picture, the ones who are bitter about, yeah, they don't win enough. You know, now they've been to two Pac-12 title games. You realize half the league still hasn't played in two Pac-12 title games? There's half, Absolutely. half the I league is sitting on zero or one appearance in the Pac-12 title game, nine years in now. I know. I know. Absolutely. Stanford's got the most appearances at four. Yeah. Um, again, you haven't had so. one in a while, but yeah, I get that. And I understand that completely. That's why I'm saying he's done one heck of a job. You, If you don't think he's done one heck of a job, you don't have the perspective of 40 years well, in the conference. And there, but there are those people. I mean, there's and they don't 20, have it. They don't. They don't have it, but they are tweeting, hold Kyle accountable, fire Kyle. Well, it, that, that's just absolutely ridiculous. An opportunity to go 11-2. and two, and You're going to get Coach of the Year awards, and the awards come out today, tonight, and I, I do think they should sweep them. I think Kyle should be Coach of the Year. Oregon State, only possible way he loses. Yes, I think. No, I don't would, think anybody else would get it, I wouldn't think. Uh, well, maybe Cristobal, I guess, since they won the league. A, when was the voting done? I don't vote for those, so I don't know. Was it before the Pac 12 title game? Or? I don't know that either. Yeah. The Pac 12 has basically treated me like exclusively a radio guy, which is the lowest of low. Mm-hmm. So I haven't gotten the respect from them for all the years in journalism that, uh, that the Mountain West gave me in spades and the Wooden Award gives me and other stuff here. So I don't know that, uh, but I would go. I, I actually would consider Helton too, for all the crap he <laughs> had yeah, put up with. I yeah. see why you say that, but I don't think he'll get it. I know, but I would consider yeah. him. I mean, I think eight and four with a freshman quarterback, uh, and then the freshman quarterback gets hurt, and, and all the stuff that he's had to deal with, and the, the, the constant scrutiny of every play call. Are you going to be on the job the next play, not the next game, the next play? You'd think that they would come down in the middle and have one of those things that they have in the circus and just pull them out. <laughs> just look up. See, that's the thing where they don't have the idea. Oh, the hook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hook. Hey, little Bo Peep, give me that cane. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling Clay off the sideline. Right. Yeah. I, I thought you were going to go more Roman, you know, gladiator. You know, everyone looks up to the box and the AD or the president. Of course, they didn't have an AD, so that's part of the problem. Thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, it seemed like just about he was being judged play by play. I mean, it was just ridiculous, the amount of pressure. That that guy was under, and it's it's how you, how are you supposed to succeed in in that with all the constant swirling going around there, and it's not going to continue just because he got an extension or being retained. It's going to start, and they play Alabama, I think, in the first game next year. So here we go again from yep. from game one, game one. So I not just consider. not just the school, but the conference are on trial immediately. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So we know how that plays out. So yeah, I think Kyle should win it. I would give Huntley Player of the Year. I would give Jalen Johnson defensive player of the year. I don't think those are going to happen. My guess is that it would probably be the Oregon State guy, Smith, who would get coach of the year, and Weaver, the Cal linebacker, would get, because he makes all, he makes like 85 tackles a game. game. Right. Yeah. And then offensively, I do think Tyler has a, a very good shot. And if not Tyler, I would go Zach Moss. Uh, but those, those are the awards that I would put out. And uh, you're talking about firing a guy who's going to clean up on those types of things. So I don't think that's going to happen. And I'm not so sure Scali is coaching waiting because so many things can change. We've seen that happen. But I like having a plan. And I liked, 
I said this in the in the seven o'clock hour. The thing that it shows to me that I think is the utmost importance is that the University of Utah, led by Mark Harlan and his folks, are going to put in the resources necessary to retain quality. And you don't want to lose guys through finances. You want to be able to have the best guys that you can have, and that means you got to pay them. And, and it's really just any, any job across the, our country and the world, really. I mean, obviously money talks, right? Guy has an opportunity to double his salary, whatever it might be. You know, you expect them to take that job. And so here they're sending a message, hey, we, we value Morgan Scally and what he brings as a recruiter, as a coach, as a representative of the program, because he has this ability to relate to people, to make you feel at ease, and that's got to make a huge difference. Uh, I know that this this kid down in Corner Canyon, when Scally and Kyle were over at their house on Sunday, that the family was ecstatic. They just thought it was great. I mean, I, I already I know that. I told you weeks ago that. Uh, <laughs> How he, could you possibly well, know? Obviously, that? I've got people down there, and I I told you before it became public. I told you he decommitted from Texas. Yes, and, and the uh, and the U was, was a very strong candidate. It was funny because I was looking at recruiting, and I asked you about that, and then you texted me like the show ended and so it was like noon or one two or three hours later you text me and like it's funny you asked about that because i just heard yeah and it went public 24 48 hours later right and and then the family had the photo up on social media and i know that people don't believe you even though they should but if you look at that photo on social media they look ecstatic right right they look really really happy this kid's a big time player who was there was another coach in there he wasn't just kyle on the home visit might have been it was morgan was it morgan at, at the two of them were there okay I picture? saw multiple. They, Kyle went to multiple homes and multiple oh, kids yeah, posted sure. stuff. Yeah. And Lewis Powell was at one home and Scally was at the other, and I can't remember which was which. Yeah. So. Well, this this van kid at Corner Canyon, it, it's the uh, it was Scally and Kyle. There may have been others who were there, but in the yeah. picture, but I know those two were there. He's a great representative, and I love the fact that Harlan is not going to let money get in the way. If they've got the money, which is what they did, and extend them, and what, what do they call that? Amended his contract? Yeah, that, that was an odd expression. I wasn't, yeah. 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 You can look it up. It's public record because he's a public employee. He was making eight hundred fifty grand. All right. So that's, my goodness gracious, that's, <laughs> that's great money for a 40-year-old coordinator. It, but I think we look around, that you know, and we hear about the million-dollar coordinators. And those are schools. Maybe he's at that point. Well, maybe he is now, right. Those schools that do the million-dollar coordinator thing tend to be the schools that you think would do the million-dollar coordinator thing. Yeah, and if I'm and a if fan they're of not Utah, there, they're close. I don't care what they're paying. Keep my guys. And more power to you. If you can get that money and someone thinks you're worthy of it, I'm all for it. And so go ahead and pay that money to that guy if you think it's worth it. I just like the fact that they're not going to let money be the reason they don't win. That, to me, as a fan of the program, that is great news. Because, conversely, I think BYU has let money get in the way. And that's not me. That's the guys in the pro. I've spoken to, I mean, a hundred guys I can go through. And Tanner Mangum was on Twitter talking about the stuff that they need to do. And I've had the coaches tell me all this stuff. I mean, it's just basically common knowledge. They're not willing to pony up. It's not necessarily from Tom's perspective. I don't know that he's the one pulling the trigger on that. It's other folks. They they pride themselves on, I don't want to say being cheap, but not paying the going rate. And there's consequences that. The, the Sun Devils, 
uh, talking to a guy. They, they're out on the road, right? And you got Herm, and you got Pierce, you got uh, this uh, dude, Mawe, who's an offensive uh, analyst who is in the Hall of NFL Hall of Fame, and he's been out because they they haven't replaced all these coaches that they fired. So they they're running around with a lot of star power on the road. And the thing that I heard that was great is it's private jets the whole way. <laughs> and so then you you're on yeah. your schedule. Yeah. That stuff makes a difference. Well, you can squeeze Especially in. with the early signing period right. being a week from, uh, what's today, Tuesday, you can tomorrow. Squeeze in, you can squeeze in more stuff because you don't have to drive sure. to the airport right. and, and wait. wait and you're not on there fill in the blank airlines time frame. Boards. You're on your time frame. So they're not letting money get in the way. And that is going to pay dividends. That's basically what it costs now. It is a high cost to be successful at college football. It is extremely high, and you have got to be willing to pay the price. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coming up, we've got to get uh, more of your feedback on what has gone horribly wrong for the Utah Jazz as they have lost six of the last eight. We'll get to that. And Kurt Craigthorpe, Salt Lake Tribune, here to talk about Morgan and Utah football at 9.05. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Utah head football coach Kyle Whittingham announced that defensive coordinator and safeties coach Morgan Scally has agreed to terms on an amendment to his contract that will secure his position long term with the Utah football program. You know what that says to me? To me, that screams coach in waiting and something in writing about becoming the next head coach at the University of Utah. I talked to a lot of people up there that are not named Morgan Scally, and it's a constant repetitive conversation of Morgan is going to be as good, if not better, head coach than Kyle Whittingham someday. So I think you're right on. I think that this has got to be a coach-in-waiting situation. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Follow DJ and PK on Twitter where the show never ends. At David DJ James and PK Kinahan. You're locked on to DJ and PK. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. All right, the Utah Jazz get thumped by Oklahoma City. Six-point game, middle of the third quarter. Ingles hit a three at 66-60. You're thinking, all right, it hasn't been pretty, but they're going to fight back into this. And instead, they went to the bench and they got crushed. That's, they were, that they were down. sucked. They went from down six to down 20. It was 85-65, and it was over. So what's wrong? Because it's not, yes, well, first off, what you just said, that game did suck. Yes. Because I view sports as entertainment. And there's no entertainment at 85-65. I didn't find 65. that game entertaining Yeah, it's over. So it's not just that it's a one-off either. It's six losses in the last eight games. For a season that I thought had gotten off to a decent enough start. Oh, it did. taken a bad turn here the it last has. two to three weeks. That's like you telling that one client when we were out on remote you didn't like the inversion. Thank you, Coach. <laughs> you really, realize you did that, Buck, one time? It was in January. Yeah. yeah. We were at inversion. a an audio it's place. Like, yeah, and he says, man, I just really don't like the inversion. No bleep. 
Who don't? Well, you were walking to your car in a mood. What does it matter to you? It was us in our natural state. You uh, to my car and me. Hi. Completely obvious conversation. So when you say they the essence off, of you and I, you think they've gotten off. They got off to a good start because they did. You think they're not playing well now because, because they they're are. not right. So I agree a hundred percent. So you criticize me. I'm and just then, pointing out that I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. And then a guy with a Twitter handle that I can't repeat, but it starts with freak. I can say that part. And then, then anyway, goes ball didn't there. ball didn't go in the hoop, David. See, people think they're funny, right, PK? But it did for the other guy. Yeah, well, ball didn't go in the hoop. The Jay ghost, Schroeder had like 27 ghost. points. Jay Schroeder, the former uh, Washington and uh, L.A. Raider quarterback. Lives down in St. George. Jay Schroeder. Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder. They're both spelled Schroeder, and neither one pronounces it that way. It's Schroeder and Schroeder, even though it's spelled That's Schroeder. That's why I went Jay Schroeder. Yeah. Ball didn't go in the hoop, David, so thank you to the ghost of uh, Jim Boylan for sharing that. Uh, please state your name, says, here's the problem with the Jazz. They missed D. Faves, and I was worried this would happen. His chemistry, not to mention his length and tenacity, were underappreciated. Also, the shooting they expected from this group, they are not getting. That means they lack identity, defense, offense. Who are they? It was underappreciated when they pay him like $19 million? That's some appreciation. <laughs> By the way, if you'd like to appreciate me or PK, we'll split the 18 mils. How is he not you know being what? appreciated? You know what? Since Yawk is in here... Buck, you're in. Sweet. Probably not a full share, but you know, I have yeah. share. I'd still be thrilled. Favors was the highest eat. paid backup, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know what everybody everybody coming off the bench in the league was getting paid, but 18 mil is a great number. So there was some appreciation there. But I guess his point, they didn't appreciate it because they let him go. They brought him back. You know, I view, and hopefully it doesn't turn out the way I viewed it with BYU going independent. But at the time they went independent in 2010, uh, in in time for the 2011 season, the Mountain West was on the mountain, which you might as well have been on uh, Russian television or something. I mean, they had no exposure whatsoever. So it was an absolute no-brainer. Things have changed now to where it's not an absolute no-brainer. Now, when the Jazz made each of these moves, I thought they were absolute no-brainers. Now, right now, there might have you might say, wait a second, were they no-brainers? I still think when we get to the point of the spring, they will be the, we'll look back and say they were the right decisions. Right now, if you're having doubts. You're completely legitimate in having those doubts. So even if they get it together later, well, they've lost so many games early that it ends up being a wash. Well, the playoff will determine that. Right. Because if you but, win in the playoffs, then no. Right. But then you got to factor in the other guys. Just like the Utes weren't good the other night, Oregon, got it. Oregon was awesome. But if you still win in the playoffs, and I know that might be tougher this year. <sighs> Lakers, and, Lakers and Clippers at the top of the conference. For everybody else planning on going to a conference final. I mean, there's a long way to go when people can get hurt, but those two look, they've got stars and their stars are playing at a high level. Well, yeah, but okay, but it's no different than last year between Houston and, and the, or the last couple of years. I realized the Houston Warriors series was earlier this past right. season, but most of the time, getting to the conference final, you had to get past someone. There's always teams out there. There's, there's always going to be, even if they're not all-time great teams, they're going to be good teams that year relative to the competition. So the numbers in the first and second place teams in the conference, they stand, it stands the reason that they're going to be hard to beat in the postseason. 
DJ PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80. The Zone, Kirk Cragthorpe, Salt Lake Tribune next. Youths get a quarterback, keep an assistant coach, get ready for a bowl game. Plenty to talk with Kurt about, and we'll do that next.